0: When a phoenix dies, their immortal spark kindles within them, and they are consumed and become their own egg. But Terpsichore Terpsichore underwent a great transformation, and every great magic comes with a great price. Immortality was not too small a price to pay. Featherwind teaches us that if we do not move, we are already dead inside. Worse than dead, after all, mortal souls travel on to the Astral Plane to join their gods. And in the end, their parents never did get them back in their clutches.
1: What do you roll, real?
2: Real's conscious, or he's stabilised.
1: Stable, okay. So is Ember. They're gonna, between them... <laughs> Yeah, between them are going to stabilise, Ember. When the three of you, over the next couple of hours, come back to consciousness in the darkness underneath the willow where you made camp, you find lying there with you not a corpse. You find the shape of what was Terpsichore. Burned into the fallen leaves and twigs and earth beneath the tree. And lying curled up in the center of that burn mark is a skeleton. But it's not a bone skeleton. When you go to touch it, you see the fine cracks all through it. And you feel the smooth surface, more like eggshell. But there's no flesh and there's no life out of character and in character, uh, definitely cry. Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. Alucha is still in wolf form, but she has like, she, she's like got tears um, because because I say so. Okay, so to, to recap us on on what has happened, you were on your way to the White Forest with a bag of holding in the form of a satchel, containing an unspecified but implied to be considerable quantity of gold and gems. On your second night on the road, you stopped to camp uh, underneath a willow tree, and you were attacked by a group of four people riding three horses. But the, these riders. We galloped along the road towards and past your camp spot, and as they passed you, they threw some form of of magical object which shattered on impact on the ground, releasing a water elemental. As you were leaping to your feet to defend yourselves against this elemental, you also got into combat with the riders themselves and found yourselves not quite equal to the task. You were facing, uh, which I didn't make clear at the time, but you were facing a human fighter, a human cleric of some kind, a halfling rogue who was prioritizing stealing the bag of holding over any kind of combat, and a dwarven fighter. Unfortunately, in the process of, of fighting these people, they did steal your bag of holding. They also left all of you, or brought all of you down to unconsciousness. Three of you have woken up having been placed back under your willow tree and there on the ground next to you in a burned patch of ground is a skeleton belonging to Tepsecchery. You are all on one hit point. You are conscious. What would you like to do?
3: Ember will go over next to Alucia and just start weeping um, and trying to pray um, quietly. Not so that anybody else can hear, but um, yeah, the whole time they're just sobbing.
2: Ril will sit on the other side of of Elucia and frantically flip through any spell that he knows that might help and realize that he can't do anything he looks at this burned hole he thinks frantically of just grouping all their money together and going and finding some somewhere but there's no body it it wouldn't work
1: and we
3: don't have that much
1: money should have turned you all into werewolves before I passed out. Yeah, even if you had a sufficiently valuable diamond, you don't have enough of a body here to use the spell that you know. You would need to find something of a higher level to attempt a resurrection on this.
3: I was so close to being able to take out the last person. If I could have just been... A little bit stronger, a little bit faster. Tipsickery could have been with
2: us still. This isn't your fault. It's their fault. And we're going to make them pay for it. Rill, with his hands shaking, is going to very carefully start putting what, what he can of what's left of tipsicory um into I into, uh, tipsicory's bag, I think, was was left in the tent, right?
1: Uh, yes, you would have you have tipsicory's pack and their um, bedroll and blankets and things.
2: Right. I'll start putting um, wrap what I can in uh, anything that could help cushion the bones. And carefully put all of that inside their pack.
3: Ember is going to snag Topsicory's little gold wire, um, hopefully somewhat discreetly.
1: As you work on this, you will find Tapsikiri's clothes have burned away with the flesh, but there are a number of items um, that that. Were less flammable, and those are actually scattered amongst the bones. Like some of them have fallen through the rib cage or are still looped around the neck because it doesn't look like Tapsicory's body was robbed. It looks like they were just placed here with their stuff before the body burned up. And what's left has just stayed amongst the bones like grave goods. So you do find a length of golden wire. You find weapons. You find an amulet that they wore, which is a piece of obsidian inlaid with a, a copper symbol of the sun uh, rising above the horizon. You can you can go ahead and, and grab the gold wire. That That's fine. As you're working at some point, you hear a familiar avian croaking from a branch above your heads. And when you look up at it, it is Arvid, your giant eagle chick, who has climbed into the tree during the fight, just trying to hide, and is possibly stuck.
3: Oh dear. (laughs) Um, uh, I will climb up the tree to retrieve Arvid.
1: Easy enough. They are they are. They're not so high you can't reach them. So you, you can you can fetch them back down discourage them from investigating the bones too much too closely.
3: I'll kind of nuzzle my face into them and just try to comfort myself
1: and comfort them if they're upset. They do seem a little a little concerned because you all kind of... I mean they were stuck in the tree for quite a long time. You were all unconscious and it was all a bit upsetting. They're, they're glad that you're awake. The clouds that had been gathering overhead most of the afternoon finally break. It starts softly raining.
3: We need to go after them, but we're not going to get very far or be very effective if we don't rest first. But this rain could wash away their tracks. And I don't know what to do. I'm so tired. And I'm so sore. And I'm so sad.
2: And I'm so angry. We got a pretty good look at all of their faces. And they had to have been working for someone, I think. We know the way they were heading. And we did quite a number on them, too. So I'm sure... If we ask around for that particular group, injured, heavily armed, I think we'd be able to track them even if we can't follow the horses.
1: Could you both roll me a... I think this would be a perception check.
2: Um, that is a 12. 17.
1: Okay. Rill. You're, you're thinking about this group of people who attacked you and you're thinking about you know, the particular makeup of the group and you start to realize that you've you've seen these people before you've seen this group of people before
2: do do i remember where
1: as you're as you're sort of sort of digging into your memory trying to figure out where group of four people, a group of four people who knew that there would be couriers here with wealth worth stealing for once, and you realise those were also couriers.
2: Son of a bitch.
1: Those were the people that you interviewed alongside.
2: What? what what's up? I... Rill is staring re- off into the distance and his face grows severe. We'll be able to find them. Oh. In fact, we can ask the guild for help. They're also couriers. What? Yeah, they're, uh, they're that team that we interviewed with. Remember?
3: I didn't interview with you.
2: Oh, that's right, you didn't. Well, it makes sense you wouldn't recognize them then. I barely recognize them myself, but just thinking about it. Those traitors. Ben, did we see any of the um, the little medallions that we have? Did we see any of that on those those people? Um, I know it was in the middle of the fight, so it's kind of a long shot that we noticed it.
1: You didn't see any obviously displayed?
2: We need to rest before we do anything. So we'll be able to track them. We know their faces. We know, we know where they work.
1: Um, of note, you also know that they started out with three horses and Tepsikori killed two of the horses. So they're probably not moving very fast.
2: And we're moving about as fast as they are, I think. So even if we followed them now, we wouldn't be able to do anything. I'm out of spells. And I can't really use a sword all that well, so I guess we'd better go back to sleep then.
1: You all crowd into Tepsikore's little tent, which is only designed for two people, but under the circumstances you you need the closeness as much as anything. Ember sleeps. Um, Alusha in wolf form also sleeps, and Rill sits and meditates, and until finally the sun comes up and nothing is better, nothing is fixed, except that you've all healed up a bit. But the sun coming up is still some kind of hope. You pack up your little campsite, do what you can to cover up some of the the marks of combat and the, the burn scar that Tepsikare's body left and head out you are still three or four days journey from uh, the forest where you're where you're heading to or where you were heading to yeah alicia's yeah. going be a wolf for a while it's gonna take her a while to feel uh emotionally and psychologically okay enough to be a human again
3: think I'd prefer to be a wolf too at this point. I'll kind of scritch Alucia behind the ears. Are we able to see any tracks remaining?
1: This is a fairly well-travelled road, so it's right. difficult to pick out any particular set of hoofprints or footprints and say these are the ones that we're looking for.
3: Right. Is Alucia able to smell any, like, blood trails because they were pretty bloodied then as well
1: i will roll her a perception check that seems like the thing that she would do gets advantage because she's currently a wolf um yes she can Um, she can sniff around and and pick up that they seem to be heading the same direction you're going so generally toward the forest toward the north. The track does does seem to peter out after a couple of hours of of walking down the road and it's it's probably just that it's it it's hard to pick out hard for Lucia to pick out an, an individual group from all of the tracks on this road and there was that rain has probably thinned out the centre bit, but they, they at least started off in the same direction that you are. After another couple of days of travel, of camping by the road, of trying to work out what to do now that you, you're missing a member, but you also don't have the cargo you were sent with, and though you know who took it, you don't really know where they are, after another couple of days of this, you reach the tree line. Ember, your home is nearby. It would be about a day's detour to go there instead of to um, what's essentially the capital of the forest. Like it's the only really big town. It's called Fossburg, which is where you were sent. But it would only take about a day to detour to your home instead if you would if you preferred.
3: Well, yeah, we're really close to my home. Um, How would you feel about taking a little detour and we could sleep in some beds and eat with some other people? And, you know, my mom makes the best do it's
2: so comforting and I could really use some comfort Grill puts a hand on Ember's shoulder and nods that's fine of course we can, we can visit them
1: okay you make your way through the forest you stay on the roads because you know this place well enough to be that cautious the forest once you pass the tree line rapidly gets Thicker becomes a, a dense, almost dark wood. There's just so much that the canopy is so thick that not a lot of the sunlight reaches the floor. It's much more comfortable for real than the open country was. There's a lot of undergrowth. There's a lot of life, wildlife. You you, you see deer, you see squirrels, you see a lot of pigeons and crows and birds. But the area in general has a sense of wildness to it. People live here, but unlike the flat, they haven't tamed this landscape. They just live amongst what is naturally here. You turn off from the the um you turn off from the direct road towards Vossberg, and travel further west towards there's a, a, a mountainous ridge that rises out of the trees, and it's hard to see from a distance because of, uh, unless you're above the canopy. Uh, but Ember, you know it's there. And near the the tip of that ridge is the village where you were born, village of Grisgard, and you will reach that um, in the late afternoon. Mel. It is an ordinary day. It is about four in the afternoon. It's springtime. It's the time when the pigs are having their piglets, and you are therefore, rather than out in the woods, you are at the pig pens in the the large clearing that the village has made for itself, where you grow, what crops you grow, and tend the livestock when they're not foraging in the woods. You are enjoying the afternoon sunlight leaning on the wall, and you see coming out of the tree line a familiar figure in heavy armour. You see Ember, and they are accompanied by a wolf wearing pieces and plates of leather armour. A figure whose face you can't see because they're wearing a, a silk veil, but that in itself tells you they're probably a drow and a very large baby bird. You can tell it's a baby, it doesn't have any feathers yet, but it is already a couple of feet tall. And they're carrying it on one heavily gloved arm.
0: Mm. No flight feathers, I assume.
1: Baby down. Like, no flight feathers. Still got that lovely turkey neck thing going on.
0: Aww. I mean, they're with Ember, so, you know, they'll be fine. Although, I believe I believe the party doesn't have anyone with press digitation now.
1: Though they are, um, it's been a few days. They've probably cleaned up a bit, mm. but they look very much the worse for wear.
0: Well, absolutely. Like I'll hop down as fast as I can and come charging over, um, uh, and just like so, from the party's perspective, you see a very. Large, um, bearishly built human, um, just um, kind of dressed dressed in you know roughly spun clothes, um, but well made, well maintained. Charging towards you like arms outstretched, uh, specifically charging towards Ember. And as they approach, they shout, uh, they shout, "Emberkins, you came home."
3: Ember will also go running to meet them And uh, in return will shout Trick And runs into a hug
0: Yeah, I will absolutely pick you up Sweep you off your feet, spin you around I don't care that you're not Like seven years old anymore, it's fine
3: (laughs) It's so good to see you Oh, it's good to see you too And Ember just starts sobbing again
0: Oh, there, 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 there. Uh, it's been a rough time, huh? Uh, and I'll look over everybody and say, well, you'd you best come in. You'd best come in. Uh, it's not far. And I'll sort of um, gesture down along the road towards like a, a big a big house, the kind of house that fits, you know, 10, 20 people.
1: Yeah, big ramshackle farmhouse onto which more building has been built as the number of inhabitants increase.
3: I guess I should probably introduce you all. Um, Trick, these are my companions here. This is Rill and Alusha. And uh, this here is Arvid. Um, And everyone, this is my sibling
2: Trick.
1: Arvid squawks in a way that suggests they are learning to recognize their name.
2: You have a sibling.
0: Yep. (laughs) One or two or... Some I count out on my fingers and I say, well, I mean, some of them, some of the others, some of the others have left and some are married off. So they're not home. But yes, yes. Uh, a few siblings, I'd say.
2: How much family do you have? Quite a bit. <laughs> Thrill looks uh mixed by this, but still, uh, you know, waves politely. to
0: trick you won't immediately um get a firm answer because when we make it to the farmhouse obviously most people are outside of the farmhouse right now but i shout out i shout out to i shout out to our uh, parents and um also and also to there's probably one or two people cooking and generally doing indoor stuff that can be done in the main house i imagine there's probably a a brief flurry of um, welcome back before I can sort of ward people.
1: There off. is everyone is very pleased to see Ember. I'm very worried about them as soon as they get a good look, but but just delighted that you're you've come to visit. And there are so many hugs. And somebody puts a dish of water on the floor for Alusha, who laps at it politely and then kind of just sticks near the rest of you. Mm. There is much delight at Arvid, who is just a wonderful, exciting, exotic creature. There are are many welcome homes, and it does take you 10 minutes to actually pull yourself away and find a quieter space for conversation again.
0: Once we have a little space, I'll I'll make sure that everyone gets some pottage and um, something to drink. And that's so... You seem like you've been through a lot. What did uh, what did the singing flame get you into this time?
3: Well, I joined a courier group, um, and we've been traveling here and there, um, and discovered that there's this huge thing happening with the gods, and then we were supposed to take this is unrelated to the gods thing. This is related to the courier thing. We were supposed to take the, um, take everything to the dragon queen. And we were looted in the middle of the night and we had another member of our party, but they didn't survive.
0: Oh, Emberkin, Emberkin.
3: Ember will sort of sobbingly go on with more details of everything that's happened.
0: Um, Drake looks more and more somber and concerned the longer you go on. Now that you're actually close to them, the other members of the party can see that they have um, fairly noticeable tusks sticking out the corners of their mouth, like two or three inches out past their lips.
2: Real definitely notes this, but does not say anything in the moment. <laughs> he's... he's t- Helping fill in details when Ember is overwrought.
0: Is it just how humans are, probably?
2: Ril doesn't fucking know what humans are like.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, just looking increasingly concerned, then when, you're sort of, when you sort of exhaust your... on details, I'll say, so are you... are you... going back there now? Are you... are you staying here?
3: Not staying here, we're going back. Um, this was just a short detour towards. Um, Fuck, what was the name of the
1: capital? Fossberg.
3: This was just a short detour on the way to Fossberg. Just wanted a bit of comfort and to sleep in a real bed. Um, and while we're here, I think I'll pop by the forge. And do a little bit of work
0: to Uh, my mind off things. Of course, of course. I mean, it's been... The Ford has been cold since you left. Uh, There's no one really ready to take over. We'll we'll probably have to hire someone in or marry someone in. So, yes, of course, it's all yours. Um, We've... Mm. Why Fosberg?
3: Well, we think that's where... Thieves were headed. Also, we wanted to track them down, uh, but also we have to explain what happened to to the
0: to long flight.
3: Yeah, we can't just disappear on them.
0: Unfortunately, this um, call's noise filtering is too good to um, it make to make it audible when I suck it, when I kind of suck air through my teeth. <laughs> um, <laughs> Trix does just that, and and looks very dubious about the idea of explaining about explaining to Longflight. Hello, we lost the many jewels and gold that we were that we were bringing.
2: Well, we were told we wouldn't be speaking to the dragon directly. No, no,
0: no, 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 no Of course not. But uh, Brynna Longflight, uh, her steward. I mean, it's not a, it's not a, not a. Um... Not not someone I would call a, 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 a kindly and understanding person, altogether.
2: Well, that's not our problem, that sounds like it's their problem.
0: Hmm. As you say, as you say, well uh, anyway, uh, by all means, uh, uh, stay the night, I'll uh, make sure there's room for you and such, and... Um, oh, uh, em- Ember, the, the, the children will want to see you before you go as well.
3: Of course. How how many have you
0: got now these days? Uh, five now, looking just as big as strong as their older siblings. So, shall we'll see. I I would love to I would love to stay and host you properly for now, but um, the pigs—they're uh, not going to look after themselves forever. Of course. Okay, uh, I'll I'll make sure that everything's arranged for you. Uh, make, sure I, make sure, make sure, make sure. You're going to leave in the morning, yes? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Meet me by the by the way marker. I'll, uh, I'll I'll see you off.
3: It's good to see you.
0: It's very good to see you too, Amber, again. And I give Ember one last massive hug before getting up and going to talk to people and make arrangements. And then,
1: sure. Ember, you feel your ribs gently pop under the pressure. <laughs>
3: I turn to Rill, and um, well, I'm gonna go light up the forge. Um, You're welcome to join, I guess, Um, or you can, you know, find some place to relax and
2: do whatever you want to do. I don't know. Rill looks drained and intensely uncomfortable at being in a house with so many people. Uh, so he's gonna nod eagerly. I'll, I'll accompany you if, if that's okay. If I wouldn't be in the way.
3: Yeah, that's that's just fine. Um, I, I, I'll probably, sort of get into a zone and won't be very uh, communicative for a bit. But um, yeah. That's there's, right. there's some benches around
2: while we're there though i think we i think we should talk to our gods i have an earful for mine and yours as well actually yeah i um have a
3: ritual that i have been thinking about for a few days um i don't know i don't know i don't know any like proper rituals but i want to try something what are you going to try I'm going to try, well, I'm going to take these two battle axes and turn them into one battle axe that is double-headed, which I know I can do, but I'm going to try to communicate with the singing flame as I go and sort of dedicate my weapon to them and our cause and chapsichore and I, i don't know i don't i don't know proper things about magic um but i've seen some of the accounts of rituals in the library when we were there and i think i'm gonna try to craft something together that i don't know i feel like i need to do this
1: The forge is much as you left it. A little dustier, a little colder, a little bit more ivy creeping up by the door, but still the same forge that you learned in.
3: Do you have any other questions before I get working?
2: Actually, before you get working, um, could you do me a favor? What's that? Alright, here. Take this dagger. hmm And let me um, lift my hair up. Okay. So, Rill's gonna turn around and sit on a, a bench with his back facing Ember. Okay. Do you see this nick on my left ear? Right below the tip of it? Yeah. Alright. I want you to do the same to my right ear, please. Make sure it's deep. It needs to scar like that. Um, what? Why? It's, uh... I suppose, I don't know if humans have anything like that. It's a... It's a... Remembrance. Revenge thing that Drow do. The left is for family. People who protect us. Who fell protecting us. And the right is for other people, people we were supposed to be protecting friends. Shouldn't we use like a sanitary dagger or something and get you a bandage as well? Well, if you're more comfortable with it that's that's fine. I guess if if we do this now,
3: then it will have a bit of time to heal before we go back to the house. Um, And I've got some bandages in my bag. Um, I can just sort of cleanse the dagger in the fire once I get that going. Um, Yeah, so Ember builds a fire, starts to get that hot. Um sort of runs the dagger through the flame just enough to cleanse it a bit um and then uh goes over and nicks rill's uh right ear, and then hands the dagger back.
1: yeah, because you're being careful to get it right it's it's slower than if you were just making an attack so you don't need to um to roll for it you can just you can just do that um, it stings and burns in exactly the way that you remember rail from getting the other one done you can Ril's, feel just a trickle of blood running
2: down Ril's the line of your ear sitting very tense and gripping the edges of the bench he's sitting on but he's trying not to make any noise and is very uh very rigid and he has his jaw clenched. Ember delicately bandages your ear
3: and asks, Are you alright? I will be. I'm gonna get to work now. Okay. Um and Ember begins pulling things out of their pack and um, unclipping them from uh, their, the sides of their pack and lays out two battle axes, the chunk of alien bone that they uh, grabbed when they fought the void monster, um, some giant eagle feathers the little piece of golden wire from Tripsichri, and spends a minute sort of meditating first, and then uses the giant eagle feathers to flame the fire and asks the the singing flame to guide them through this weapon and its creation.
1: The forge fills up with the scent of charcoal and burning feathers, and underneath it, just the faint sense of incense.
3: Uh, The uh, Ember puts the the void creature's bone in the fire um, and says, I ask these eagle feathers to bring the divine your divine strength and endurance and wisdom. I ask for this bone to provide the mysterious power of the void. And I imbue this golden wire with the memory of tripsichore. I meld these two axes as a symbol of unity. And I ask you singing flame, please help me to be stronger and to do better, and um, then Ember spends time uh, silently doing Forge things that they know about but that Moss does not know about.
0: <laughs> um,
1: okay, it it takes you some time to rework the axes. At some point, someone, possibly Trick, comes by and... and brings you both another bowl of food and and something to drink and leaves you to work. You have the axes already made, so this doesn't take as long as as forging a new weapon. What you build is an iron piece that connects the two ax blades, makes it a double-headed structure. The bone, as you heat it up, starts cracking and crumbling so you catch that in a crucible and and grind it down to powder as it as it heats and you have this red reddish black mottled powder which you work into the gold from the wire and it forms rippling patterned bands of color through the metal you inlay that into the, the iron that forms the cross piece of your axe. You etch a place for it in the iron and inlay the gold and bone into that to form the shape of a phoenix with its, its wings raised. And as it cools, you can see there are red bands of, of color through that gold looking a little like flame. You finish in the early hours of the morning. The the weapon will need to cool for a few hours more, but all of the work is done. It counts as a magical weapon. Um, and it you will find out what it does uh, when you get into combat with it. That faint smell of incense um, doesn't go away until you finish work.
3: Upon finishing the weapon, Ember... Ember says, I name this weapon Kindler and then lay it to cool and um, go to hopefully get some rest.
1: Yeah, I mean, you won't be leaving at the crack of dawn, but you, you, yeah. you can get a full night's rest. It's fine.
2: Uh, while Ember is setting that aside to cool and everything um, and, and leaves... Uh, Rill is going to, in mild curiosity, sort of poke around the Forge a little bit, assuming that Ember is fine with him staying. Yeah. Okay. He's also going to look at, uh, the double-headed axe. Can, Can he get a sense of the god lingering in that? Um...
1: Do you have any specific? Um, are you doing anything specific, like a detect magic?
2: Uh, eh, yeah, I I can try that.
1: Yeah, if if you, it's it's up to you whether you are you know using a spell or just taking a look at it.
2: Just taking a look. I'm trying to. I could make a religion check, I guess, to see if I can still. Sense any sort of attention or connection?
1: Sure, make a religion check.
2: Oh, not good. Well, that's a seven
1: it It's hard to be sure, possibly because it's still in the in the process of being finished. Um, it 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 seems just as as likely that the divine attention is around ember and what they're doing as around the weapon itself.
2: Okay. Uh Rill is going to try and, if it is there, he's going to try and tap into it. He has no idea if it will even work, but he's also going to call on the messenger as he sits sits on the ground, cross-legged in front of this, and just starts speaking at the forge, <laughs> at, at the weapon. What do you say? I don't know if you're listening, if, you, if you're here, If but I came up here to find a dead woman, not to leave more corpses. What is this destiny we're meant for? Why is it destined? Why is it needed? Why are we needed? Are we needed? You let one of us die. I I can follow this path even if I don't know that there are answers at the end of it, but tell me this was worth something. Please, that this spilled blood isn't for nothing. Because I am going to spill more. And I want it to mean more than just more than just revenge for greed. And Rill is going to um formally swear vengeance on the four of the people that killed Tipsickery and their employer. He's leaving that part vague because he doesn't know if they actually are employed or if they're just being greedy. Mm -hmm. But he's going to do that and wait a moment to see if there's any answer or anything.
1: As you finish swearing your oath, The light of the forge on the blade, for a moment, loses its color. It looks like moonlight, and you look at it, and you feel a presence. Not just the one that surrounds Ember, one focused on you. And it snatches you up into it, and you feel the wings of your soul unfurl and stretch So wide that you could brush the edges of the world with your fingertips. And it isn't a voice, but it's still words. And it says, it means the world before it places you so gently back in yourself that you almost forget to breathe. It's the world comes to a stop for a moment and then it passes, and the fire is a fire again.
2: Ril's going to go find Ember if they're still awake.
1: You've all been um, given a a little room with with sort of makeshift beds to sleep in. Um, You can certainly find Ember there. Don't know whether they're awake. Up to you.
2: Probably not. That's okay. Ril's just going to sort of poke his head in, realize that they're asleep, and just sort of sit down on like a a chair or the edge of uh empty bed or something and just sort of let the just trembling that's running rampant through his body sort of fade out <laughs> because oh that was a lot and uh his his brain was not uh not not equipped for that all of all of that information and uh he is going to he is going to meditate for a while.
1: Okay. You will Take a little longer to get up in the morning than when you're on the road, partly because you stayed up late and partly because it's just so comfortable to have real beds that you'd like to stay in them a while longer. But eventually you do drag yourself out of bed, wash up and get breakfast and pack up all your things, retrieve the new weapon kindler from the forge. Um, it might need a little resharpening, but it, it seems sturdy and sound. And um, make your way toward the edge of the village where Trick said they would meet you and see you off.
0: Yeah, I'm waiting there. You might not recognise me at first because when you last saw me, I was wearing roughspun clothing designed to be good for herding pigs in, and I'm stood there by the boundary. Uh, with my eldest son, your eldest nephew, Ember, holding the reins of my horse. And I am also uh, wearing a large backpack and some very heavy splint armor with some axes strapped across my back, well, strapped to the edges of the pack, I suppose, and a, a large sword at my hip and a lance couch across the saddle. And when you get close, I put on I put on my helmet and I say, Well then, I've always wanted to go to Fosberg.
3: Are you are you coming with us?
0: I'm coming with you, Ember. I mean it seems to me that well, revenge is a is a very a very dangerous thing to pick up, but and if these people beat you when you were all four together, then it seems like you'll you'll need your strength. Oh, sorry, sorry. These people beat you when you were all three together. I say, um, it seems like you'll need your strength up again. So yes, yeah, so I'll come with you. I'll I'll make sure you can you can come home again when all this is over.
3: And we're just gonna start sobbing again. It's a very emotional time for them. <laughs> They're just. I really <laughs> appreciate it. <laughs>
0: I'll scoop you up into another big hug, and the uh, boy will sort of stand by, kind of, a little bit awkward.
1: <laughs> yeah, doesn't really know what to do about crying grown-ups, it's a bit... Yeah,
0: i yeah, say, so boy, like, like, 15 or so. Sure, sure. And yeah, I'll sort of hang on to you till the crying stops, and then I'll say, well, we'd go going if we're going. Uh, Rev, you look after your siblings now.
1: Reverend um, nods and says, "I will."
0: And uh, well, if I if I miss your wedding, then I'm sorry, but you know how it is.
1: Yeah, I know.
3: Oh, you're getting married.
1: He, he, he blushes and says, "Yeah."
3: Congrats! And Ember will give him a big hug.
1: He he gives you a hug and says, "Be careful, okay?" We will. Okay. Hands trick the reins of the horse and wave you off as you gather yourselves and head into the forest and towards Fossberg. Once again, four of you. Oh, God, do you know what I just realised? Someone's going to eventually realise this I see as well, so I'm going to tell you so that you can... Someone's going to have to tell Annette.
2: Oh, no. Oh, no. no. Fuck. No.
0: No. No. Oh,
2: Oh, Oh, my God.
0: It's not great, (laughs) guys.
2: No, it's not. That's so bad. Oh.